out there. Okay, well, oh, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I'm all right with her laughing at me, just not y'all. That's right. They're paying attention a lot more than you think they are. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5 says, Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. Steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish strength, and settle you. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Father, as we bow before you tonight, Lord, we are so thankful for your word and for your love that we've experienced today, God, the fellowship that we've had here at church, and God, the things we've been able to accomplish, the, the little bit of rest we've had today. God, we give you all the, the glory for that tonight, Lord. We just praise you for that. Lord, tonight, for just a moment, we want to pray that you'll help us to look at some scripture that you've put on our heart and some things, Lord, that we struggle with, and, and Lord, just want to share it tonight, and I pray that those here who need to hear your word, God, that it would accomplish in their heart what it's accomplished in mine. And, Lord, we just want it to just this service tonight, Lord, to be all about you. So, Lord, we want to pray you bless the reading of your word. And, God, may, may you be glorified through everything we say and do here tonight, Lord, from the praying of our shoeboxes uh, to our business meeting to whatever. Lord, we just want, to, we want you to be lifted up. And we pray this tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, tonight... Tonight, we're going to look mostly at verse 6 and 7. It's my key verses that I want to look at. But as Peter is writing here, and again, I pulled this just kind of right out of the middle here so we don't waste a lot of time going over a lot of, a lot of good verses, but verses that we don't really want to focus on tonight. But my Bible titles this, the same thing yours probably does, about submitting to God and resisting the devil. But as he, talks off, if he's, as he starts off here... Uh, as we read what we just read, but verse 6, where he's talking about, we're going to come back and look here to be in the verse 5 in just a minute where it says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And when he says that, verse 6, he immediately says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. So he, Peter kind of gives the, the reader there, first off, just kind of letting them know that, well, first off, you need to know God resists the proud, okay? That's what he's saying. He says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble, and then he turns around and says, so therefore, here's what you need to do. You need to make sure you're humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. So let's look at verse 6 just for a moment. Again, this is going to be very brief tonight. So just a couple of things that, uh, that I noted that I'm going to bring up to you. And he says, humble yourselves. Now, when we think about humbling ourselves, this is kind of like talking about God's people taking everything that they have, everything that they are, everything, I mean entirely everything, and giving it to God. And that's, that's submit, to submit under God's hand of authority, to humble ourselves means that everything I have, it needs to be God's. And now that's a tough thing. 
again, you hear me say this all the time, of I, I, I give certain things to God and I'm struggling with these and then I, I realize I need to work on that and I start trying to get these things to be more submissive in that area and then I, I pull these back. It, it's a constant struggle. And I believe with all of my heart, I may be wrong, some of us do better at it than others, I'm horrible at it, but we struggle with being submissive to anybody. Uh, it's tough. That's where that pride issue comes in. We think we know more, we can do more, and you know nobody can tell us anything. We take that same mentality, and I believe it bleeds over into our Christianity. It bleeds over in our Christian life. We would no doubt say tonight that God knows more than anybody. Amen? But do we live that way sometimes? I don't. I say, God, you can do anything you want. God, I know you can take this little problem I got. You can make it disappear. You can take this, this small means that I have here that I'm giving to you. You can do more with it than I can. I believe that. But then I take it and I take it back over here and then I, I wrestle with it and I struggle with it and I do with it what I think is best. Even though I know God, it has to be His. Although I know that I have to give it to Him. I still pull it back every time. I will, I will take my, my family and I'll say, God, I, I got this. This is my family. You know, and that's not how it should be. God, these are my, my finances. God, this is my job. God, this is this. This is this. And we can go right on down the list of instead of saying, God, you know what? It's all yours. I, I've got to give it to you, God, because you can do more with it than I can. And he has to be in the center of everything. And if he's not in the center, then we really haven't humbled ourselves under the mighty hand of God because when we don't give everything to him, then we haven't humbled ourselves before him. We're still pridefully saying, I can do more with this than you can, God. Now, that's a struggle, okay? And I think that's why Peter wrote here, submit to God, resist the devil, because when you try to pull things back, you're not being the Christian you need to be. And the devil will work on you with that. Okay, when it says resist the devil, because sometimes the devil wants to just creep into your mind or, or, or sit down there beside you and go, God, God don't have time to miss. That's yours. You do what you want to. Don't you deserve to be happy? Don't you deserve to have this? And he'll just feed your mind with all kinds of thoughts. And again, when I find the most joy in my life is when I've given it all to God. It's not godly to want to pull it back and to do with it what I want. So when he says, therefore, humble yourselves, and to humble ourselves means that we humble everything. And we even say, God, my life is your life. When I became a Christian, I humbled my life to you, Lord. I give it to you. It belongs to you. My life is not my life anymore. My life is your life. How do you want me to live my life for you? How do you want me to uh, glorify you with the life that you've given me? And that's when we really begin to humble ourselves under him. And it says here in verse 7, he says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now, that word casting there, and as we think about this tonight, we all have cares. Okay, Every one of us has cares and concerns tonight. Every one of us. Some of us maybe more than others. Uh, I wish I was one of those type people, and I see them out there all the time. You do too. I just wasn't blessed to be this kind of person that just doesn't care. Y'all, you know people like that? The sun could come up or it, it couldn't come up. They could care less. They can, they, you know, they just going through life, man. Life is good. I wish I could be one of them kind of people. You know, just naive, 
just nothing bothers them. They just floating through life. Sometimes they ought to be a little more concerned than they are. Sometimes they're not concerned enough. But still, they're just floating through life. They have no stress. They just, I think, man, I wish I could be more like that, but I'm not. I have cares and I have concerns. But when it talks about casting all your cares upon him, that word casting means to throw. That's what it means, to throw upon. If you look that word up in the Greek, it means to throw upon. So when we think about casting all of our cares, we're talking about casting our cares upon the Lord. Give them to Him. Throw them at His feet. Lay them down there. They're not yours. Give them to Him. And again, that casting of all your cares supports the what? The humbling of ourselves. Okay? When we take our problems and we bring them to the Lord and we lay them down at His feet... That is us exercising humility in the sight of our God and saying, God, I have cares, but you tell me that my cares are your cares and you tell me to bring them to you. Matter of fact, the psalmist wrote over there, and this should comfort us tonight, the psalmist wrote over there that every tear that he's ever cried or shed over his problems, that God keeps them in a bottle. In other words, not a tear, a tear falls off our face that God's not aware of it. There's nothing that we go through. There's not one moment sleep that we lose or any struggle or problem that we go through that God is not aware of that problem. He's very aware, and He's there to strengthen us. But those problems and those concerns, and man, it's easy to preach, but it is hard to do to take those things and say, Here, God, please help me with them. They're yours. I, they're about to whip me, Lord. I, I can't handle it anymore. Would you please take these things and help me? That's casting them upon him. And it says here, casting all your care. Not some of them, not part of them, not the ones you can't handle, but he says all your care upon him, for he cares for you. So tonight, if you're trying to solve your problems... If you're trying to work it out, if you're trying to make ends meet, so to speak, or however, you know, however we say it, then we have not totally humbled ourselves before God. And that's something we need to do. And do you know that tonight if you're worrying about anything, and that would be me, okay? I have some things on my mind right now that I'm, I'm, I'm looking at next week, some things that I'm worrying about tomorrow that I've got to accomplish. And I'm already thinking, and I ain't even got there yet. And, and, you know, and that's, that's a sin. The Bible tells us not to borrow trouble from tomorrow. All you have is right now. Tomorrow may never come. But right now, I am already, and Miss Joan, in my classroom tomorrow thinking about something I got to do tomorrow. I'm already there. And you know what? By me being there already, I will lose sleep tonight. That's not healthy. That's, that's borrowing trouble from tomorrow. Anybody else do that? Oh, thank y'all. I'm so glad somebody else does that because I will go home tonight and I will start working and stressing and fretting and get into this, ah, and I'll wake up in the middle of the night. I'll tell y'all something I did. Uh, I had to do something the other day through an online class, and I was supposed to, I had to do one last video thing with the instructor face-to-face, -face, just showing that I could do it, and I did it, had a conversation with her. She said, and this was on a Thursday now, this is what we do. I did it on a Thursday. She goes, make sure by Monday, which I think was the 8th maybe, I don't remember what, anyway, by Monday that you check off on this, okay? 
You don't have to do it today. It won't take you that long. But make sure by Monday you have checked off on this because if you don't, it won't be submitted and you won't get credit. I'm like, okay. It was on Thursday. This was my first thoughts. I got till Monday. Anybody else do that? I could have done it right then and been done in two minutes, but I said, I'll do it Monday or I'll do it Friday or I'll do it whatever. And so I, I got off the Internet with the communication with her, closed off, started doing some other stuff. Saturday, I thought about it. You know, I need to do that. And it's only Saturday. You know, I thought about it Friday, thought about it Saturday. I'll do it, I'll do it tomorrow. Sunday got there. You know, I need to get that done. Tomorrow's the deadline. Monday, thought nothing about it. Thought nothing about it all day. Went to bed on Monday night. <clears throat> went to bed. I'm, I'm laying in bed, and I'm, I go to sleep in my normal time. I wake up at about 2.30 in the morning, and what I normally do is, uh, is I'll, when I, if I ever wake up, I'll look at the clock, see what time it is, see how much sleep I've got left. Anybody else do that? Kind of like, I look and go, oh, praise God, i got three hours left. You know, sleep hard, sleep hard, you know, that kind of stuff. Or, or look at the clock and go, oh, is it really 5 o'clock already? But I remember waking up at 2.30 and going, oh, it's 2.30. And as soon as I rolled her over, this was my, my thoughts. Oh! I didn't submit that thing. I thought about it at 2.30 in the morning. I did. I mean, and chills just ran all down my body. I was like, and I was like, I mean, I was panicking, laying in bed at 2.30. I don't know why I thought about it at 2.30 in the morning, but I did. And I'm there going, oh, no. Oh, no. And I'm thinking, going, okay, do you get up and do it now? I mean, it's already late. I mean, it's going to be, it ain't going to be, I mean, three more hours ain't going to make that much of a difference. You've already gone past the eighth now. And I remember just laying in bed going, oh, how did you forget that? How did you, I mean, and I wrestled with that in my brain. I should have got up done it for 30 minutes. I laid there thinking about it. And finally, I went back to sleep. And I got up and got ready for work in a hurry in my normal time, sit down in front of the computer, pulled it up hard as I could. And luckily, I could still submit it. But it was just one of those things. I mean, it kept me awake because I was stressing and worrying over something. That You know what? It was what it was. There was nothing I could do about it at 2.30 in the morning. But I still stressed, and I lost 30 minutes of sleep over that. But if we're stressing and more worrying about things, that's a form of pride. That's prideful saying, God, I'm worrying about it because I can handle this better than you can. If we really want to be the kind of people God would have us to be, we need to do what he says and lay it at his feet. Quit stressing over it. Quit worrying about it. Now, I'm almost done. But he says here in verse 7, casting all your care. Now, that care, I said a while ago, is problems. That also can be distractions. We often think of cares, things, cares in our lives. When we think about distractions, we often, often think of things we do wrong. Now, worrying is something we do wrong and it is a sin. But cares sometimes can be something as simple as, and I wrote a few things down, wash machine broke. Nobody's ever had that problem before, have you? Wash machine broke. Man, you can, you can, you know, there's same things you can work around. But when the wash machine breaks, uh-oh, now what? That's when that 72-hour deodorant comes in, amen, brother? <laughs> we had a conversation before church while ago. All right, the things you talk about at church, right? We, we were talking about why would you need 72-hour deodorant, okay? I would hope you took a shower in somewhere in between that. Okay, let's solve another thing. Y'all were going, where did that even come from? I don't need deodorant to last 72 hours. I have a shower. All right, wash machine broke down. Maybe your car's broke down. A kid gets sick, one of your kids. You have job problems, financial problems. All these are things we wrestle with. These are all concerns. These are all cares that we have, and they can become distractions. These things can become such distractions in our lives 
that they will pull us away from our focus on God. Because if you're anything like me, when you get focused on these problems, you don't feel like praying, you don't feel like reading your Bible. And if you're like me sometimes, you, you kind of have a tendency to sink back into, why me? Why am I dealing with these problems? Why does it seem like it always happens to us? And truth be known, if we would honestly compare notes, every one of us in here struggle with those same problems. I think something we do at church sometimes is we come into church like we have no problems whatsoever, and it makes the people who are having problems seem like I'm the only one. You're not the only one. We all have those problems. Everybody has days where things break and people get sick and there's this going on and there's that going on. I know this morning somebody shared with me after church uh, and I won't call her name and I won't say what she's struggling with but, but at being forced to make a decision on her job. And, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a weight on her mind right now because it could cost her her job. And that's a big deal because that's a source of income. And if that happens, now what? And so, uh, so I won't tell you who it is. Just be praying. God knows that, you know, because sometimes we are forced to make decisions on our jobs between right and wrong, and we have to do what's right. But we also know the outcome might be an undesirable outcome. But that's the society we live in when it comes to godly things and ungodly things. But these are all cares, and we all battle them. So here's what I want to tell you. Listen, and I'm closing with this thought. Notice what Peter said here one more time. In verse, verse 8, right after he says, Cast all your cares upon him. And I want to remind you one more time, he cares for you. But Peter said this, Be sober. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, he walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The devil will take these problems in our life sometimes and he will, he will use those to attack us. And he is constantly, if you don't think he's constantly warring against us, him and all the demonic forces that work with him, he is constantly roaring. If you don't think that there's a spiritual battle going on, you're already losing your spiritual battle, okay? Because there is a spiritual battle being fought around us all the time. And he's seeking whom he may devour. Peter says, resist him. Resist him by how? By being steadfast in the faith. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brother, brotherhood in the world. So I want to close with this thought tonight. We need to resist the devil and stay steadfast in the faith. Our faith in Jesus Christ. Don't lose hope. Don't lose of faith in God. He knows what you're going through. He knows where you're at. He cares for you. You're not going through anything that he's not aware of. Take it to him. Take it to him. And I'm preaching to myself tonight, okay? I'm not preaching to you at all. You may not get, get anything out of this tonight. God's telling me tonight, Vince, bring it to my feet. Lay it down. That's something I need to do. So tonight as our ladies come to lead us in a song of invitation, uh, whatever it is that you're struggling with tonight, whatever it is that you're battling with, Lay it down at God's feet tonight and ask that he um, help you to cope with whatever it is that you're battling. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we just so thankful, you, so thankful tonight, Lord, that you do care for us. God, that you do love us. And God, that you do 